You're listening to episode 116 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today I am bringing you my friend, Kim Schweitzer. I'm really excited about this one. Kim and I go way back. We've known each other for many, many years. And it took us a while to get this interview uh, actually recorded, but I'm so glad that we did because I'm really, really pumped to share this one with you. Kim, I went to Kim uh, a couple months ago for a Reiki session, and it was kind of eye-opening and enlightening. And I didn't expect that, to be perfectly honest. I was I was a little skeptical. We'll talk about this more in the episode. I also talk about this in the episode uh, episode ninety six with Marsha Van Weinsberg. I referenced uh, my session that I had with Kim and how much it opened me up in ways that I, I seriously was not expecting that at all. You guys, like <laughs> I, I went in and I was kind of like, and I'm, I'm all about the woo. Like I'm all about the woo, but Reiki seemed a little too woo for me, but I was like, eh, it's fine. I'll try it. I, you know, I'm open to trying anything once. And I was kind of blown away at the experience, uh, particularly with Kim. I, I think that the, that the practitioner that you get to do something like that is, is really important. So we're going to get into that more on the episode. And Kim is kind of explaining to us, this is first and foremost, a conversation about energy and a new understanding of how everything works at an energetic level. This is so fascinating. The the way Kim explains this, she's totally a teacher at heart and she really breaks things down for us in such a beautiful way that I've never heard described quite this way before. So I thought that that was really, really cool. She kind of gives us the down low on sort of Reiki 101, uh, base level knowledge of the chakras, that type of thing. But then we get into a lot of bigger stuff, like protecting our energy in various ways, including, I thought this was so fascinating, including how we can end up taking on the energy of the people we have sex with as well. So interesting to me, just so interesting. Uh, she also talks to us a little bit more about kind of being intuitive and how you can hone that a little bit for yourself and that everyone can really be intuitive. It's just about sort of creating the space for it and allowing yourself to recognize it, which I think is really important. So a little bit more about Kim. She's long since known that she was a healer, long before she ever even knew what a healer was. And even longer still, she's identified as being an artist. So it's only in becoming a Reiki master that she really started to understand that the two were intertwined. Kim now assists others through the usage of art, Reiki, and intuitive healing to alchemizing their darkness into a thing of beauty. That's a really beautiful way of putting it. I'm so excited for this one. Uh, For everything about Kim, how to reach her, contact her, connect with her, make sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. All the details will be over there. And let's get started with Kim. I I know I say this for every guest, but I'm so excited. <laughs> I have my friend Kim joining me today. Kim, I'm so happy that you came on today. Thank you for having me. I'm actually quite honored to be part of your legacy, as I told you before. So this is pretty exciting for me and nerve wracking at the same time because I've never oh done anything gosh. like this before. It's <laughs> no, it's going to be awesome. And you, you tr- I was telling you before we got on, you truly are like a wealth of information. And I'm always amazed at you know, I can ask you a single question and I end up walking away with so much incredible information that I never had before. So (laughs) I'm so pumped about this. I used to get called the fountain of useless knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) It is not useless, not even a little bit. I'm glad you think so. (laughs) Well, I'm so happy that we coordinated this because I know that we've been trying for a while and I'm, I'm really pumped about it. So Tell us a little bit about you and what you do and how you ended up doing what you, what you now do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I dabble in just about everything. <laughs> That's what I love um, about you. <laughs> I'm just, I never want to stop learning, right? So I always want to know more about everything. So 
Um, I do a lot of stuff, but the, the main things, the things that I want to be remembered by or known for are the fact that I am a Reiki master, an artist, um, and a mom. And uh, I am also a lifestyle coach. I so I do it. a little bit of all those things. Healing. I like to deal with anything that has to do with healing. So my artwork is all deals with, um, it's kind of like art therapy. So it deals with healing. Um, I teach art classes and meditative classes around art. I do uh, Reiki, obviously. And um, I also teach um, people to become Reiki practitioners. So yeah, those are my main ones. So you and I'm a mom. Right, you <laughs> and I love your sweet little ones. Oh my gosh, they're <laughs> the cutest. <laughs> I didn't realize that you, that you also actually teach Reiki. And is it Reiki or Reiki? Is it? Reiki. It's Reiki. It is Reiki. Okay. That's Reiki. what I thought, but then I wasn't sure if I was getting it wrong. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't realize that you actually teach and I love that you have started teaching art classes too, because it, uh, if everyone who listens to this podcast episode, make sure to go follow Kim. We'll link it all up in the show notes. And recently you've started teaching. I've been seeing like the little pictures of, of tiny kindergartners. That yeah. So cute. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm very passionate about, um, about art, obviously, and being an artist, but um, there's something very healing and soothing and calming about art. And unfortunately, art's been taken out of a lot of the schools. It's not that it's taken out of, it's just very drastically reduced and their budget is so minimal that they're reduced to teachers trying to figure things out and crafts and such on Pinterest. And I mean, it doesn't really do it justice. And I think they only get like, well, I mean, it depends on the school and depends on the teacher and how creative they are. But my children only get about an hour of art a week. So, and for them, they're such creative little beings. It's just not enough. So I decided to start my own art school for kids. And it's also very like meditative at the same time. Like we still listen to like meditative type music and we talk about positive vibes and it's great. So I love it. <laughs> That is so special. I wish something like that had been available because I totally remember only getting like an hour of art per week. Like, yeah, me yeah. too. I always found a way to integrate it into literally everything that I did. <laughs> that was just me. I refused to not be creative when I was a kid. So, but I mean, not every child has that. Oh, it's so special. Oh my gosh. Well, and I want to ask you about Reiki as well, because mm -hmm. this is kind of what triggered this whole thing because you and I have known each other for a long time. And you, I knew that you did Reiki and I finally went to see you for a Reiki session. And I mentioned it uh, a little bit about the experience on a previous podcast episode with uh, my friend, Marsha. I'll, I'll make sure to link that episode in the show notes as well. But uh, it was a really fascinating experience. So before we get into that, tell us what the heck Reiki is, because anyone I ever talked to about Reiki is usually like, what is that? And I don't understand <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I didn't know what Reiki was when I went to my very first class on how to become a Reiki practitioner. I had no idea what it was. <laughs> so you were already um, like going to to become a Reiki practitioner, but you you felt like you weren't actually totally even sure what Reiki was. No, I had no idea what Reiki was. Oh, I had interesting. a general concept. I knew it was a healing modality. I knew that it used energy. Um as a healing modality, but I didn't understand the premises, how it worked or what one would do in order to become a Reiki practitioner. So I was completely in the dark about those things, but I felt very, very pulled to learning it, obviously, because <laughs> I don't really go to school or do classes and things unless I'm very passionate about it because one, you have to put hard earned money towards it. Two, I don't have a lot of spare time. And three, I'm very passionate about my artwork. So anytime I take any of my energy away from my artwork, it has to be something with my wow. And Reiki really, really pulled at my soul. So I knew it was something I needed to do, but I know I, I had no idea what it was. But Reiki is um, healing for the body, but it can be any body. It can be, it can be an animal. It can be a plant. It can be a human. Um, it can even be an object that will transfer energy to another person when holding that object, but it's actually life force energy. And somebody who is a Reiki practitioner is somebody that has been uh, attuned to receiving that life force energy 
and being able to move it throughout their own body into, say, an object, a person, or a plant. That's fascinating because the other thing that I didn't realize when, when you and I did our Reiki session, we went to uh, like a, one of your friend's houses where you rent, you rent a room out of her house and she has the best dog ever. <laughs> she really does. Oh my God. I'm so in love. That and dog alone is very healing. <laughs> oh, she is. I love her so much. Her name is Misha and she's giant and black and hairy and I love her. <laughs> She's gorgeous. Oh my goodness. And what I didn't realize is that um, your friend Jen was saying that her paw had been bothering her mm -hmm. and she was saying she was going to like do some Reiki on it. And yeah. I was like, wow, that had never occurred to me that it yeah. can work with like an animal. And then like you're talking about with objects and stuff, it's almost like that, that entire Marie Kondo um, situation of like picking up an object and deciding if it brings you joy. Like, oh my God, a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. So interesting that they do have like objects have energy attached to them. They have so energy. Everything is energy. Like there's absolutely nothing in existence in this universe that is not composed of energy. So even if you're, you're thinking about the desk that you're sitting in front of, well, maybe you're not sitting in front of a desk, but I am. And <laughs> it's, it's actually not a solid object. It's energy slowed down to in order to deceive us into looking at it as a solid object. But if you look under a microscope and see it, up close, you'll see that it's literally quite, it's moving. It's moving all over the place. There's hundreds of particles that, you know, create this dust that are all moving and it's all composed of energy. Everything is composed of energy. So in order to move that energy, it, it, it would be easy for anyone to do so because we're all composed of energy and energy. Um, how do I explain this properly so that it's understood easily? <laughs> um, energy cannot be destroyed. It can only be transferred from one form into another, right? So, um, and, that, and that's what Reiki is. So Reiki is using life force energy, which is the most positive uh, form of energy. And it is taken, received, I shouldn't say taken, it is received in a healing manner. So it, when it enters the body, it goes into the area of the body that requires it the most and helps to um, push out any kind of negative energies or stagnant energies that are resisting in the body and stagnant energies cause illness and disease. And, um, when I say illness and disease, it could be illness of emotional illness or, um, illness of the mind or illness of the body. So it could be any of those three things. And Reiki energy is used to, um, well, scientifically like if you read any of the reports or anything like that if you want to know from a scientific basis it stimulates the parasympathetic uh, nervous system and helps the body heal itself that's really fascinating and and i i really like that you kind of brought like the more science scientific aspect into it because i always really like hearing about that part too and i think that it gives the woo more credibility because i love the woo <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like, i love I'm, the woo too yes i'm all about the woo but it, it, it can, it can be difficult if you don't have like something to back it up for, especially when you're trying to explain it to people who aren't maybe as open to it. And that was something that you said to me right up front when we started our session was, you know, that you have to be open to it. And I have to admit, I was a little skeptical when I went in because mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I, again, I'm very open to the woo, but I was like, is this kind of just bullshit? I don't know. Like, I don't really know. Cause I didn't know anything about Reiki. I really had no idea what you were even going to do. I'm like, okay, what, what is this going to be like? And, and spoiler alert for anyone listening, before we get to the full story of, of my experience, it was like, it was crazy. It, it was, you know, maybe I should just explain. So, and then I have so many <laughs> more do. questions for you. <laughs> I want to hear it too. <laughs> so you, well, the first thing that we, that, that happened was what I referenced in the other podcast episode as well was that when I was just lying down, you're just explaining to me some of the process and, and what to expect and, and whatnot. And then you kept getting this sort of image of an open door and you right. said you got it several times, right? Right. Three times. Oh my gosh. So it wasn't weird. even an image. I kept seeing an open door beside me and I kept turning around to close it <laughs> and it wasn't open in the first place. <laughs> Is so fascinating. And as soon as you said it, it just sort of hit me like a bolt of lightning. And I was like, that's my door. 
And that's my door to my new life. And I'm resisting it because there's still, I'm holding on to a lot of like baggage from my old life before I'm going to be ready to go through the new door. But I know that I need to go through it. And it was really fascinating because I wasn't expecting, I've always known you to be like intuitive, but not intuitive in, I don't want to say like psychic, but you know what I mean? Like, like bordering on, on that level of intuitive. Mm -hmm. And right away I was like, Oh my God, Kim is like more tuned into things than I, than I even realized she was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I tried to dumb it down a little when I'm with family. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just so fascinating because, and I have, I have many more questions on the intuitive side of things too, but so you ended up explaining to me some of the things to expect. You said, um, and jump in at any point. You, you told me that I could, because uh, you, you do the session lying down on a table and you as the, as the client, uh, your eyes are closed. And you said, you know, you might get kind of certain images coming to you or certain colors. Uh, you might feel like some tingling sensations, stuff like that. And, and mm-hmm. you said that it's, it's different for everybody, right? Right. Of course. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So then you started well, you, and, and, and you did end up using your hands like on my head and on mm-hmm. my feet and I believe on my back because you had me flip over at one point as yes. well. Um, but it was really interesting because I kept, I kept getting the image blue and I kept mm-hmm. getting the image of water over and over and over again. Right. And then I was feeling it. This is so bizarre for anyone who's ever used the Headspace app, the meditation app. I love used to use it. Have you ever used it? It's so good. I have. <laughs> so good. I, I love his voice. I can't remember his name, but he's he's has like the most calming, soothing voice. Um, he really does. He does. Like, and his accent doesn't hurt. <laughs> oh, that's true too. <laughs> and the only other time I've experienced anything like this, it there one of the meditations in that app, he talks about it's been a long time, but something about like uh like sunshine almost like pouring down into you from the crown mm-hmm. of your head. And when I experienced that, I, it was as though I could feel it coming down from the top of my head. And the only other time I've ever experienced that was with you and you were standing at the top of my head and it felt like someone had cracked an egg over my head and I could like feel, it was like almost a little, like, like warmth a little bit, like coming into me from the top of my head. And it was fascinating. Like what did, and, and tell me what you were doing when I was experiencing that? Well, so I, a lot of what Reiki is, is also um, the intention that's put forth by the Reiki practitioner. So while I'm on over top of that area of your body, I'm putting forth the intention that I just kept, like you, I kept seeing waves of water. And so I took those waves of water and I poured them down your head and they were going to wash away anything that was blocking you or any energy that was no longer of service to you and spreading it down through your body to wash, literally wash it away from you. So when you told me that it felt like someone had cracked an egg and that it was like dripping down your head, I was like, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I was trying to do. So it was amazing so cool. that you received it in that manner, right? So oh, the fact funny. that you were seeing water, I was also seeing water it was very... Uh, I, I just, I love getting feedback from clients afterwards because it really kind of puts into perspective as well. Because you always have these, you know, no matter how much you work on yourself and your positivity and, you know, uh, there's always that self-doubt, you know, like, you're, am I helping this person? Is this going to be of a benefit? Like, you always have that concern, right? So when you, when you were reiterating everything that was happening with me, while I was working with you, I was very, like, very self-affirming. So I'm, I'm glad that you, that you received it in that way. Oh, it was so interesting. And, and it's true because I mean, I get that all the time, you know, imposter syndrome and, and all of that. And then when a client tells me, you know, how much I help them, it's, it's just such an incredible feeling. It's hard to even put words to because it, well, it yeah, really because does. It's the only reason you do what you do, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you exactly. want to know that it's, it's worth your, their while. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I know. It's such a good feeling. And, and so, and to be clear, so you and I were not talking throughout this. So it wasn't until the very end when I said to you, like I explained the sensation you're like, Oh my gosh, that's what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) And so then you, 
Uh, for anyone who isn't familiar with the chakras, there's different chakras. So maybe I'll have you explain that a little bit as well before we, we, I continue explaining what the experience was like. All right. So chakras, it depends on your belief system, of course, but um, it could be understood as energy meridians in the body or otherwise known in the Western um, belief system, they are chakras. So anyone who practices yoga would understand chakras and Buddhism would understand chakras. Um, and Dr. Yusui, um, who was a Japanese Buddhist, is the one who um, discovered or rediscovered Reiki and kind of popularized it. Um, he was obviously Buddhist, so he understood it as chakras. But in, um, in Eastern philosophy, a lot of people understand it as energy meridians, but it, it really just depends on what your understanding is. But we all have energy centers in our body. We have quite a few of them, but there's seven main ones that start um, in the root of our body, which actually is in your... Um, it's in your perineum. So I don't know if everyone knows what a perineum is, but it's that spot between. So if you're a man, it's that spot between your anus and your testicles. And if you're a female, it's the spot between your anus and your vaginal opening. But it's internal. It's not external. Um, so your root chakra starts there. And that's your number one chakra. And then they move up throughout your torso up to the crown, which is at the very top of your head. And those chakras or energy meridians move much like a gear system. So they all push energy up and down and circulate the energy throughout your body. If one of those gears, meridians or chakras, is not functioning properly, so there's a block in one of those areas, then the energy is actually not flowing properly throughout your body. And when the energy is not flowing throughout your pro properly throughout your body, you might feel tired, you're going to feel sluggish, you'll feel you might feel sad or depressed or, you know, not, may feel like not eating or there's a multitude of different things when energy is not flowing throughout your body. And it's not always going to stay blocked. It might be like a temporary thing. Um, but if you're continuously doing something that blocks that energy or stagnates that energy, if you're not taking proper care of yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally, then that block can start to become a little bit more severe. When that block becomes more severe, that's when we start to feel physical illness. So for example, if you have a block in your third chakra, which is your solar plexus, which is located right near the diaphragm of your body. And if you have a block in that area, for example, you're going to feel discomfort in that area of your body. So you might have digestive problems. You might have a stomach ache. Um, those are the most common um, shows that you have an energy block in that area. Um, and you would want to do things to assist that blockage from stagnating, I suppose, and moving so that your energy will flow. And if it's blocked in that area for too long, then the rest of your chakras will not be receiving energy properly and you'll start to get breakdowns in other areas of your body. But then up in that area where the stagnation started, I guess you could say, you might start to get more serious illness like Crohn's or colitis. Um, and then it'll, you know, kind of catapult into more things after that. And because your immune system is in your gut, then you might start feeling sick in other areas of your, of your body as well. So it's important that we take care of our energy flow because that's where our life force comes from. And if our life force isn't flowing properly through our body, that's when everything starts to stop working properly in all areas of health. So like I said, in your mental health, your physical health, and your emotional health. So I don't know if that explains your chakras <laughs> properly but that's much my understanding of chakras and of course each chakra does something different um but and each one has like a like a different color associated with it too they and do yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so like, so a lot of the times 
look that up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like when you said you were seeing blue all the time, that is associated with your throat chakra. Yes. Right? And so you and I had a long conversation about that, yeah, that there yeah. has been a lot that I've been holding in. And I've had a few people ask me actually, because I have dropped hints on this podcast that there is a lot coming and <laughs> there, there is. <laughs> and that is when I'm going to be clearing my throat chakra. <laughs> that a girl. <laughs> yes, there's a huge amount coming down the line. So that will be one way that I, that I clear it for sure. But it's, it is so interconnected. And it, it's really fascinating that it's just like anything else in the body where if one area gets thrown off, it's like a domino effect and it affects everything else, like physically exactly. and emotionally. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's fascinating. So when you were working on me, you, you were like noticing different things about, uh, different chakras. I, you know, the throat was obviously like the, the biggest one, but you noticed some other things as well. And then what I found really fascinating was when you had me flip over on my back, you were feeling my chest and you, you said that you could feel this really dark energy. I'd love to hear, to hear your explanation for that. Cause it, that was really, really interesting. <laughs> You know, it's funny, is and I've had other masters say this to me because I'll talk about what came up during session. And my clients are—it's all very like private. I never say clients' names or give a hint as to who they were, but I'll talk amongst other Reiki masters because it's good to kind of get that feedback from other masters so that they we kind of support each other that way. So when we talk about it, my other Reiki masters are like, I wish that I could remember the detail that you remember from your clients. And I'm like, I only remember it immediately afterwards. And then it's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can only store so much. Like sometimes we're like a little memory drive up there, right? (laughs) (laughs) So when, um, yeah, so so I was talking to one friend of mine and she was saying that, uh, She's, you know, she doesn't have all, all that recollection afterwards to actually talk to her clients about it afterwards because it, it just flows through her and she's not, um, she's focused on it at the time and then when it's over, it's gone. Um, but for you, like when I was feeling heavy energy in that area, it, um, usually it means that there's a blockage in your heart chakra, that there's a lot of stagnant negativity happening in that area. And I like to focus on that area and kind of pull that energy out. So I don't know if you remember when I was pushing it up your back, down your shoulders and pulling it out your arms and through your fingers to kind of relieve that negative energy. So when we push that energy out of your body and pull it out and release it back into the universe per se, um, it allows for more healthy energy to start flowing through your body. So you have to take out the old in order to let in the new. And, and it was really interesting too, because it made perfect sense to me. You actually, you actually compared it to like smoker, smoker's lungs. And yeah, I felt, yeah, I smoke, I was gonna say, but, I felt like I was smoking all night. <laughs> yeah. And that you could feel that like in your own lungs. So that was really, really interesting. And then it also made perfect sense when I started thinking about it, because I've mentioned this on the podcast before that my counselor always Every single time I see her, she calls me out on the fact that I stop breathing when I get stressed. You don't breathe. Yes. Yes, I just stop breathing. And I've also, because I've been under a lot of stress in the last few months, I have been breathing very shallowly. I will catch Mm -hmm. myself sometimes just stopping breathing. I've been like, you know, kind of hunched over like on the couch sometimes, like for longer periods than I sometimes would be, uh, or hunched over at a desk. And it, it, all of that contributes to poor breathing and and that can be incredibly stagnating for the body and it was so cool how you like you're right out of me (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that was one thing I kept hearing remember I think did I tell you I kept hearing say breathe breathe (laughs) yes and it was so funny because it was like between you and then my therapist I'm like oh my god everyone's just telling me to breathe I really breathe (laughs) yeah and I think that the one of the other things I was told to tell you is that you're safe Yes. And that one was very important to me because you, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I burst into tears when you told me that one. I was like, <laughs> that yeah. so <laughs> as a Reiki practitioner, you try not to join energies with the person that you're working on. You want to remain just a conduit of energy. You don't 
want to take on their energy and you don't want to give your energy to them. So the energy that's being used is life force energy or universal energy. It's not my energy and it's not your energy. Um, but sometimes in order for me to tune into my clients, so to better serve them, I will tune into their energy and that I, so that I can understand how to better serve them. Because sometimes when you're just working on a client and you're not connecting to them on a deeper level, it's hard to, it's hard to, like I can tell where energy is lacking in your body, but sometimes I can't say why. I just know that it's lacking. So a lot of clients want feedback afterwards. And so in order for me to keep feedback, I have to every once in a while kind of connect to you. So when I connected to you, that's when I started getting that feeling of like, like I just kept trying to take deep, big breaths. And I was like, you know, pushing my shoulders back to like allow for expansion in my, my chest so that I could breathe heavier. And she's like, oh, I just feel like I've been smoking all day. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a great example though, because then you immediately, like I immediately got this image basically of like, black in my lungs. And then yeah. you also said like when you were, were kind of like pulling the energy out of me, you mm -hmm. told me that the visualization, like for me to actually visualize it coming out of me as you were doing it would really help the process, which I thought was yes. really fascinating too. Absolutely. Again, intention is so important. Our thoughts alone are composed of energy and ener like the energy that's composed from a single thought is actually faster than the speed of light. So think about that. The speed of light alone is extremely rapid energy. But if a thought is actually faster than the speed of light, so you're constantly thinking about a million thoughts a day. So if you can actually create a thought that is a positive intention for your body, imagine that type of energy in your body and what it's going to do and how it's going to assist you moving forward. So I like to tell people, like, be very careful conscious of your thoughts all the time because your thoughts are actually creating energy in your body and what kind of energy do you want in your body do you want good energy or bad energy so then you know think about good thoughts or bad thoughts so yeah like i find it a very important practice and and this isn't something i actually learned from my master teacher it's just something that i've applied throughout the years is asking my clients to set forth an intention while we're we're working on something specific so for you you clearly needed to remove that energy from the body and that really helps you focus on what i'm doing and when you focus on what i'm doing you become part of the healing process it's so fascinating to me that and and that's such a beautiful reminder i hope that everyone is is listening and paying attention to that that your thoughts create your energy because we all could benefit from remembering that more, even though, you know, anyone who's into kind of personal development, I'm, I'm assuming that anyone who listens to this podcast is at least a little bit into personal development because I don't <laughs> shut up about it, but <laughs> it's still a really beautiful reminder because sometimes we can just kind of get stuck in like a cycle about a particular thing with a particular thought about that thing. And it can be hard to break. And we have to kind of, get ourselves out of that because it's really easy to get stuck in that rut. And then that can dictate the rest of our energy. For sure. Absolutely. And it's okay. Like it's impossible to tell people don't ever think a negative thought. That's of course. And that's just literally not anyway. impossible. Like we're humans. There, we're, there's just no way. I'm sure even angels have negative thoughts. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the premise is, is to have that thought, feel that feeling, but allow it to flow through you. Don't hold on to it. Just release it, acknowledge it, and then release it. And then replace it with something of a more positive thought. And then replace that thought with a more positive thought. And then bring yourself up to a higher vibration of energy. It's okay to have bad thoughts. Everyone has them. I have them. My Reiki master has them. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's only realistic. I'm sure... I'm sure the Dalai Lama has negative thoughts. He'll never um, admit it, but. <laughs> right. But I'm sure he does. <laughs> I'm sure he does too. <laughs> oh. Don't hold on to them is, is more the teaching that I would like to, to put forth out there. You know, let them go. Cry them well, out. Yell them out. Get into your car and scream. Get rid of that energy from your body, but don't hold on to it. And that was one of the things that you told me too, that, that often, um, and that was kind of tied in with my throat chakra, but I think that this applies to a lot of us that 
sometimes we, we want to say things that we don't say and we choose not right. to say them, but that mm -hmm. you were telling me, you know, writing and stuff can be great. Journaling can be great. All those things, but that there is something, um, very unique about speaking something into existence and that it can actually be incredibly healing for us. Absolutely. And that's really fascinating because I think a lot of us hold on to shit that we don't talk about, right? Like, you know, somebody yeah. pisses us off at work and we choose to keep it in because we could say what we really want to say, but it might not go over very well. <laughs> you might get fired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So there are certain situations where we can't say what we want to say in the moment, but we can still speak it out loud just in a, in a safer, more protective environment, perhaps. Exactly. And the actual act of speaking is very healing because it's actually releasing energy from your body. So I sometimes will get into my vehicle after work and I'll just bah, 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 like literally like bitch at my steering wheel for however long it takes until I feel better. And then I start laughing and I'm like, oh my God, you're ridiculous. You know, <laughs> but I feel better. I got it out. It's out and it's not in me anymore. But if you don't release it, your body actually stores energy. It holds onto it until you're ready to release it. It doesn't let it go. So just because you you know, moved on and you've created a new thought and you've started something new and, you know, that, you know, half hour next day or whatever, it, that doesn't mean it's left you. It's actually still there. It's waiting for you to release it, heal it, deal with it. Um, so that's ex it's extremely important, especially um, for anyone who's, like I said, you said, when your eyes are closed and you were seeing blue, your body's quite literally speaking to you and telling you to focus on that area of your body. So the blue area of your body is your throat. And that means that you need to start speaking your truth and, and take it's care so, of that area of your body, you know? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And it's so fascinating too, because when we think about all the things that we don't say, and then you multiply that out over weeks and months and years and yeah. decades, like no wonder we end up sometimes with all of this, this pent up shit. Like this is why therapists yeah. usually have to dig so deep with us because we have pushed so much you down. pushed it down so yes. much or some poor soul. <laughs> yes. becomes <laughs> the brunt of your, your anger because they trigger something in you and it probably has nothing to do with them. They just triggered a memory that caused you pain and then rah, and you just unleash it all in that moment, which is always probably an inappropriate moment to be unleashed. <laughs> probably not the right person to unleash it on. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. We have. <laughs> well, and, and the other thing that I thought was really interesting was that, uh, when I kept seeing water and stuff like that and, and blue, and then you also were, I had already planned, uh, a trip and some significant life changes that would involve being very close to practically in all the time water. And right. And that was one thing I was saying to you that you need to, in order to heal, you need to be in water. Yes. And like, so then when you told me you were like going to live up. near water, I was like, Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it needs to be like, like natural sources of water, not just like filling a tub. Like it needs to be more natural. It is helpful. Don't get me wrong. It definitely totally. is. But there's something about the energy of being out in nature and naturally sourced water, especially a naturally sourced water that is moving, a moving body of water, like a river, for example, because that water is moving away from you and actually washing that energy and taking it away from you. That's so, such a beautiful visualization. It, I, it's because, much again, more like, healing. Yeah. And I can actually visualize that, that like, I feel like the next time I, I step into a moving body of water, I will probably just like lie there and almost meditate for, for a few minutes about like, like feeling it wash away the shit that I no longer need. Yeah. And there's actually a practice that I do every once in a while, just in the shower. Like I close my eyes and I feel the water just pour over me. And as it pours over me, I ask the water to remove all energies that no longer serve me, take away any negativity that I'm feeling right now and just wash it away. And I visualize it washing down my body and going down the drain and disappearing back into the earth to be recycled. So interesting. It's just so fascinating. I love it's hearing It's very about helpful. <laughs> yes. And so anyone can go do that. You don't have to pick up your water. You can, you can use that practice like anywhere in your everyday life, every time you get into the shower or something like that. And it just takes it a couple seconds. And that's a really beautiful exercise that I think that we could all benefit from. 
Yeah, if you had a rough day, just get in the shower and just wash it away. And like literally, that's what's what's happening is that you're not just washing dirt and grime and sweat away from you. You're washing away any bad energies that you've accumulated. And we do, we accumulate energies around us. So it's been scientifically proven that we absolutely absorb other people's energies. So if you want to cleanse your body, your aura, however you want to understand it, get into the shower and, and, and allow it to be washed away from your body and visualize it and put that intention out there that it's actually being taken from you and released back into the universe. So how can we kind of better protect our energy? Be- like what, what do you want people to know the most about, about energy that would benefit them? Because I, I talk so much about energy management on here and it's similar, but in a different in a slightly different way, because I will definitely, um, I definitely recognize that like we can take on the energy of people and there are certain people where, you know, you just, you don't get a good vibe from them. That's like a form of energy or, you know, protecting your energy in terms of, um, you know, like not spending all of your time scrolling Instagram rather than writing that blog post instead that you've been putting off whatever that's going to look like. All of that, 100%. Like those are all things. So I used to have, I used to suffer from anxiety and depression. And I instinctively knew, this is probably one of the reasons I became a Reiki master in the first place, is because I instinctively understood energy. And when it started happening to me, I became very, very protective of my energy and of my happiness. I refused to allow myself to sink deeper. I knew that I was deep but I refuse to let it take me on, like take me down. So um, I became very protective of my energy. So people who were entering my house were only people that were going to benefit me. Otherwise they weren't invited into my house. Um, If they were invited into my house and I was, you know, you can't always avoid family members, right? So <laughs> sometimes they're going not to possible. come into your house and they're going to, you know, and, and God bless them. Don't get me wrong. I love and adore them. But sometimes people will bring in their negative vibes into your house and they kind of leave those things there because we do tend to absorb other people's energies. So I would become very protective of my, my space. Um, and of, so I had postpartum depression after my first son. And so sleep was one way to protect my energy. I got a lot, a lot of rest. Um, eating properly is another way to protect your energy. If you're eating, if you're eating a lot of crappy foods, like chips and a lot of carbs and, and things that everybody knows what's healthy and what's not healthy. If you're eating a lot of the stuff that's not healthy, you're not doing your body a service. You're actually causing energy to stagnate in your body. So eating healthy is going to help you protect your energy. Um, the healthier you eat, the more able you are to maintain a proper and healthy energy level in your body. Um, what, watch what you feed your brain, your mind. If you're watching a lot of like news and you're hearing a lot of negative messages and a lot of seeing a lot of negative in, in, sorry, imagery, that's going to affect your energy. Whether you like to think of it as doing so or not, it, it absolutely is. Um, so I made sure that the only thing that was ever playing on my TV at that time was the food network or the comedy network. Hey, <laughs> because, I love both. They're awesome. <laughs> right? Like, the comedy network, somebody was always laughing. There was always laughter happening. And hearing laughter alone is going to raise your vibe instantly. Um, and then the food network. I mean, what's not to love about people making food and eating food? <laughs> and they're often laughing too, especially if and you're watching they're always laughing and happy. Exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, those are the two things that I had on the TV all the time. Like, I shouldn't say all the time, but those are the only two things that I would allow myself to watch on TV for until I started feeling a more positive um, mental state, I suppose is how I would, I would put it. But um, what else did I do? Exercise, move your energy is very important. So... If you're kind of laying around a lot or you have a desk job or you're not moving as much, then your energy is stagnating. So you're not moving your energy properly. And if you want to, you know, circulate your energy and get rid of the old energy and allow new energy, then you need to move. So it, that doesn't mean you have to go to the gym. It doesn't mean that you have to go run around the block or, you know, 
join CrossFit. You could just turn on some music and shake your body around for 10 minutes. That's moving your energy. Um, you could punch a pillow and get your anger and aggressions out. That is moving your energy. So that's also very important. But exercise, um, and I don't exercise enough now that I say that, but <laughs> it's important. Um, intention is another way that you can protect your energy. So in the morning, one of the things that I like to do is, and I don't even have to do it anymore because I've done it so many times. It just instantly happens when I get out of bed. Um, but I used to have to mentally do this on a daily basis in order to get into the practice of it. But I would picture a, basically a force field of light around me that was impenetrable. No energy that was not beneficial to me was allowed to penetrate that force field. And I mean, it sounds hokey. It sounds weird, but it actually really works really well. And the second that I thought that somebody was, their energy might be influencing me, then I knew that I wasn't paying attention to my energy in that moment. And I would reinforce my force field. And then I felt better instantly. Sometimes you even have to protect your energy by just removing yourself from a situation. Um, there's a lot of, like in an office space, for example, there's always a lot of like stagnant energy in offices because there's not a lot of air circulation for one. And then of course, there's a lot of people there and they all have their own story and they're all going through their own thing. And, you know, they're all, for the most part, I mean, I don't know how many people you know that are very aware of their energy but most people I know are not aware of their energy. And so they're kind of like throwing their energy all over the place and you're kind of catching it. And so sometimes you have to, if you're in a, a negative atmosphere, just remove yourself from it. And, and there that, was, well, there was sorry, another one that you and I talked about too, that I had never heard before. And it made perfect sense when you said it, which was to be very careful about taking on the energy of the people you have sex with. Yes. Oh my God. That was such a fascinating one. I was like, Oh my God, you're so right. (laughs) It's true. So, I mean, you're literally, you're not thinking about it. I mean, I never used to think about it. There was never a thought on my mind that the person I was with might be quite literally dumping a crap ton of their negativity into me. Um, But unfortunately that is what's happening. So like, I don't, I don't want to talk about my husband, but <laughs> I was explaining it to him one day because he was talking about anxiety and such. And I said to him, anxiety is literally just energy in the upper portion of your body that hasn't been released. It's just an abundance of energy in that area that needs to be grounded. And a lot of the times, and one of the fastest and probably easiest way to ground that energy is, especially for a male, but also for a female, is to masturbate. You literally pull that energy from the top of your your um, your body, your torso, and pull it down and release it from your body. Um, and when you're having sex with an individual who is not mindful, who is not conscious of their energy, who is um, literally, I mean, and a lot of people will do this, like like um, angry sex. <laughs> yes, a lot yes. of people have angry sex, and you know it's fun. But you have to remember that afterwards, you've taken on that person's energy. So, um, and when you connect with another human, it's a beautiful thing, but know that you're connecting with their energy and they are also connecting with yours. So be mindful, not only of their energy, but of your energy. Like, what are you giving to them? So a lot of the times with, um, with my husband, I like to sage him. <laughs> I laughed so hard when you said that because I can just picture it because I, I, because I, I've known you for so long. I also know your, your adorable, sweet husband. And I was just laughing because I'm just picturing him like <laughs> just having to, to be, you know, what? he's a smudged. champ. He lets me, he totally like, yeah, do it. Go he's ahead. He takes on the position. He lets me smudge him cleanse all that energy it's good (laughs) that's so cute my gosh that's too funny (laughs) no it's just such a fascinating conversation that I don't I've never I don't think I've ever heard anyone really talk about before is that aspect of it and of course it makes perfect sense that we would take on the energy because yes like quite 
literally and figuratively, we are taking on the energy. I said to you before we jumped on, I'm like, I guess it depends on your method of birth control, whether you literally take it on or not, but still it's, it's absolutely, it's a very intimate act to begin with. And there's the emotional connection, but there's, there's, it's a full connection when you are that intimate with somebody. So of course you're going to take on their energy and, and potentially give off your own energy, of course, too. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I have to be mindful of my own energy when, you know, when I'm having an intimate relations with my husband, I, I don't want to transfer any kind of negativity that I'm feeling. So when I, and this is all new to me, like I've been studying Tantra and things a lot lately, and that's also become a very important part of, um, my own healing. Um, but yeah, and even Tantra talks about energy transference between uh, a couple. And so, yeah, that, that's something that's, that's new to me. Like, I, I don't get me wrong. Like, even when I became Reiki master, that was not something that had occurred to me until more recently, when I started studying Tantra and understanding Tantra a little bit more. Um, and that's when I started to, to realize the energy transference during intercourse and not even during intercourse even just kissing somebody is an energy transference so yeah be very mindful about who you share your energy with and who's sharing their energy with you it's so fascinating i actually i was listening to some podcast the other day that was also saying that we even take on a tiny little bit of someone's microbiome when we kiss them and again of course it makes perfect sense because it's essentially like a transfer of fluids but i never I never connected the dots on that. Like it's, there's so many things that affect us that we don't even realize we're taking on. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. The things they should have taught us in school, right? Right? (laughs) (laughs) That's a long list. (laughs) Oh my God. Don't even get me started. (laughs) Okay. I want to circle back about your intuitive side because I was explaining this whole session actually to uh, a mutual family member of ours. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you who it was uh, after. And she was so fascinated and she asked a couple really great questions that I am going to ask you. So these are, these are her questions. I cannot take credit for this, but I hope I can answer them. <laughs> no, you totally can. You totally can. Okay. She was saying, she's like, well, can anyone become like more intuitive? Like, is oh, that a God, learned yeah. thing or is that something that, that you have just always had? Did you have to hone it? Can anyone learn this? I, I'm so fascinated as to your answer on this. Um, some people are naturally intuitive. Some people, um, and it, it's passed down through generations. Um, some people just have it naturally and don't really need to, to work on it, but it can be learned um, through meditation. The more you meditate, the more in tune you become with your body and the more in tune you become with your surroundings. and the more in tune you become with your own energy and the energy around you, the better you are able to read those things. And everybody is intuitive. Everybody's intuitive. Sometimes they just don't understand that they're receiving messages at all. I used to not understand that I was receiving messages. Um, I used to just think that there are just random thoughts that would jump into my head. Now I understand that there's a difference between my own thoughts and then a thought that will literally just enter my head out of nowhere. If an, a thought enters your head that what didn't, wasn't stimulated by something that you're seeing or something that you were doing or a conversation that you were having, if it literally just jumps into your head and it has nothing to do with anything that you were thinking or doing, that is an intuitive message that you're receiving. And a lot of people don't really understand that. So, And I'm still learning how to be more intuitive and accepting of my intuition. I still doubt these things. Um, and it's funny, but like it, it kind of gets reinforced. So as I'm talking to you after our Reiki session, the thoughts and things that came to me, I'm not always so open to sharing them. But then when you talk to me, I was like, Oh my God, that makes so much sense now. So yes, I was seeing water and this was happening and this was happening. And, and then it all starts to make sense when the two of us are talking and you're picking up on the messages that I was receiving. But sometimes I still doubt them and I don't always trust my intuition. But everybody has intuition. So the only way that you could get in better touch with your intuition is just trusting yourself. The more trust you have in yourself, the easier it is to, 
to know when something is coming to you as a message and everyone's different. Like I have friends who are so intuitive that they visually see entire stories and will hear entire um, like word, like messages and I would even call them mediums or able to channel things. Um, But they're the type of people that meditate every single day, some part 20 minutes a day. Um, and then there's other people that I know that are just naturally born in, intuitive. So it's interesting. It, it's, it's not something I c- could teach somebody. It's just something that you, something that you want. If you put the intention out there that I, I want to be more intuitive, I want to pay attention to things that are happening around me. You've already opened up that door. You've asked for it and it will start to, it'll start to happen because you've put that intention out there. So if you want to be more intuitive, then ask has to be more intuitive your mind or your body will start to pay more attention to things that are happening around you it's quite fascinating actually i actually went to a a build your intuition course (laughs) oh no way i did i did i wanted to uh i wanted to trust the things that i was seeing more and um i learned i learned a lot actually i learned that i was just I was already receiving all these messages and stuff. I didn't actually even need to take the course. I just needed to be able to trust myself and understanding myself a little bit more. So journaling helps if you want to become more intuitive, writing all these things down that come to you, write out, writing down your dreams. That helps a lot too. Dreams are messages. Um, once you understand the difference between an intuitive dream or like a, a message message dream as opposed to like if you kind of have a dream and it's like a mishmash of all the weird things that happened in your day that's just a dream that's just your mind kind of sorting all of your stuff out um but if you have a dream that had nothing to do with anything that you were watching on tv or conversation you had or anything that you've ever done before that's a message so pay attention to it write it down and chances are it'll start to unfold in front of you within a day or two you'll start to understand it more. That's really great advice actually. And because, I mean, the thing is like, we could, we could all benefit from being more in tune and in touch with our intuition. And it's pretty interesting when you start to really hone that type of ability, I find that coincidences become few and far between. And -hmm. you start to realize that coincidences are actually just intuition or like, you know, like absolutely almost like 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 the universe making things happen that (laughs) that you just weren't anticipating and then we're caught off guard and we're surprised but there's actually like a bigger reason or purpose or something absolutely it's like you know when you're sitting down and suddenly if somebody you haven't thought of in years pops into your head and then the phone rings and it's them yes it's so bizarre and we've all had that experience yeah absolutely like that that's your intuition like you're 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 tuned into your intuition it's also energy so energy travels like i said it travels really fast and so when that person's thinking about you you actually are going to tune in to because how do i explain this without getting too deep but energy is energy so if i'm thinking about you chances are you're going to start thinking about me and you won't even you wouldn't even think about why you're thinking about me. I'm just going to jump into your head and then it's just going to let it go. And we don't realize or think about it because I don't randomly just message you and say, Hey, I was thinking about you, but sometimes I do. And then that person's always like, Oh my God, I was just thinking about you. And it's just because our energy was interlocked in that moment. And it travels faster than your phone call actually did or your text message did. But there's actually, um, if you ever look up aura readings or anything like that, there's all kinds of, so your aura is just the energy around your body. And if you ever look up, um, I can't remember the, the actual technical term of it, but there's specific cameras that can take pictures of your aura. And they've done all kinds of tests. And there was one test that I was, I was watching and it was quite fascinating and really changed my mind when I was younger about how, important energy is and it was um that so the test was there was somebody sitting in a room reading a book and they had no knowledge that there was another person that was entered the room behind them and that individual had to stare at the person 
reading the book, but that person reading the book had their back to them. So they were completely unaware that there was another person in the room. And within, I don't know, I had the time frame, but it, was, it wasn't very long at all. That person who was reading the book suddenly stops reading the book, looks up and then turns around and sees that there's someone behind them. And it's, the imaging, the camera was actually showing this person. So the person that was staring at the individual who was reading the book, you could actually see the energy of their body move from their body and start to move towards the individual reading the book and touch the energy that was surrounding the woman reading the book. And as soon as it touched the energy of the woman reading the book, that's when she stopped reading the book and turned around. So it's fascinating energy and how much it interacts with our own life. And so, yeah, it's not just intuition. Sometimes it's just energy transference, which actually is intuition. So <laughs> it's all very closely related. Oh, um, I have chills with that story. And, yeah. and it's so funny because we've all had that experience too of, of we can feel someone staring at us. Yeah. And we have all kinds of, there's like all kinds of cultural sayings, things like, um, you know, if you think of someone and then the phone rings, we'll say something like, oh, uh, your ears were burning yes. or is somebody, what, isn't there one about like walking, somebody was walking on their grave or, or something. There's yeah. When you get that. a chill. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of shakes and somebody was walking yeah. on your grave. Yeah. So we have all of these different sayings and, and I'm sure that that, that there's all kinds of different ones, uh, across the world culturally as well. And I think that this is just really interesting how you brought the self-trust piece into this as well, that you can get these sort of messages, these downloads, these, these little, little things that seem like nothing, but it's about accepting it is what is going to allow us to tune into it a little bit more. And that that's really the key factor. That's so fascinating. Exactly. Yeah. The more you trust yourself, the easier it is to allow energy to flow through you and to get the messages that you need and your body will talk to you and you'll understand the messages of your body. And it, it's all about trust. And if you want to become better at becoming um, in tune to energy and more intuitive, I highly recommend learning Reiki one. That's really what kind of sparked a lot of uh, self-trust in my own intuition and understanding it better. This is so good. This has just been incredibly enlightening. I, I don't, I don't say this about many guests, but we may need to do a part two of this because I <laughs> talk to you all night. I still have so many questions. <laughs> so we might need to be going down a, a, like additional rabbit holes for part two of this, because this has just been fantastic. Kim, I want to make sure that everybody can find you. So where can everybody uh, look you up and connect with you and tell you how fascinating this discussion has been. <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> so you can find me on Instagram. I don't have a website yet. I've been so busy. I haven't been able to actually finish my website, but you can find me on Instagram. Um, uh, my main page is called the, the dot artist dot apothecary. Um, and I called it the apothecary because of my various modalities. I'm not just Reiki master. So I kind of like the apothecary idea. Um, and then as well on Facebook, you can find me as well. I'm just under, um, Kim Schweitzer, but my Facebook page is, um, wow, I can't even remember because I recently changed it to make more sense. <laughs> That's okay. Cause we'll link but it. But it's also the artist apothecary. Yes. And then you also yeah. have your painted parties as well for all And the... I do have my, yeah, my painted site is also for my um, my art classes and such that we do, but you could also find me, they're all linked together. So my art parties, um, and art classes, that business is called painted, but if you find one, you're going to find the other. So you can find me on either. Perfect. Either yeah. One. And I'll link yeah. that all up. So everyone mm -hmm. can go check out the show notes to, uh, to thank you. So I have one final question for you. I always ask every guest that if you could off people, uh, blah, blah, blah. off <laughs> if people, off people, oh my God, <laughs> I'm not in that business. <laughs> <laughs> if you could offer people one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? Mm, unconditional self-love. Oh, that's beautiful. Honestly, like I, that is probably the most important lesson that I've learned 
in my lifetime is I didn't even know what unconditional love was um, until probably five or six years ago. But loving yourself unconditionally, loving yourself despite all the mistakes that you make, and they're not even mistakes, they're just lessons being learned. Um, loving yourself despite, you know, whether you made choices that you wish that you had, you know, done differently. Loving yourself even though you're having a bad hair day. Loving yourself even though you, you farted in front of your best friend and you're super embarrassed about it. Love yourself regardless of all things. Above all else, love yourself completely, totally, wholly, and everything else will just start to fall in place. That's probably the most important lesson I've ever learned. What a magical reminder. That's such a great way to wrap up. Kim, thank you so much. This is just truly this. I, I can't think of a better word than enlightening. I know I already said that, but this has been truly enlightening. And I, I learned so much from you from our session as well. And I'm definitely going to have to come back and do another one because uh, it was <laughs> fantastic. <love> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. This was fun. I see. It had nothing to be nervous about. I actually had a good time. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take a, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you.